the Crow family being here. I appreciate the opportunity to get to meet them and know them. I'm looking forward to spending some time this afternoon with them and, of course, having them this evening and, and uh, stop back by their table and, and, and get their CDs. And uh, uh, you ought to have good, godly Christian music in your home. Um, and, and this is a great opportunity to be able to add to your music at your home. And listening to good, godly Christian music is a blessing and a help to you personally, and it will help your life. Uh, go ahead and open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter number 6. Genesis chapter number 6. Last week I preached on uh, the great loss of Lot, and how Lot lost his entire family, uh, and lost really everything that he had. What a real sad statement, if you think about it. I've been preaching on the family for a few weeks, and I believe it's important. I believe the family is the foundation uh, of America. It is the foundation of our church, and is the foundation of Christianity. And, and really, if the family unit is destroyed, boy, we got a lot of problems. And we're watching that take place. I mean, there is attacks on the family and the home like never before. And it is just a real problem. Uh, God established the home. We started on that weeks ago and how God had ordained and set up the home with Adam and Eve and how He had, had um, set it all up. And we've been through all of that. But last week we, of course, looked at Lot and his family. And boy, if you, if you focus on the world like Lot did, you're in for a world of hurt. And we see that in Lot's. And, and my point is to forewarn you, don't go that direction. Don't do that in your home. Uh, because I don't want to see your home uh, like Lot's was and torn apart and destroyed. I don't want to see that for you. And so this morning I want to look at a godly family and a good example. This week, I want us to understand this. In a wicked day, because we do live in a wicked day, you can have a godly family. That's important for us to understand. That's important for us to realize. That's important for us to know. So Genesis chapter number 6, we'll look at uh, Noah and his life. And uh, ironically, we read in uh, 2 Peter, you don't have to go there, but you can note it down, 2 Peter 2.8, 2, uh, we read the verse, we talked about the verse of Lot, for that righteous man dwelling among them, seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And, uh, and, and, of course, we talked about that last week. But in the same chapter of 2 Peter, chapter number 2, in verse number 5, uh, the Bible says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so certainly Noah lived in an ungodly day, but boy, he was a godly example. And one that we need to learn some things from, Genesis chapter number 6, and we'll take our text in verse number 5. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. 
And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, and it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Boy, I'm grateful for verse 8. I'm glad it didn't end at verse 7. What a blessing. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Father, for the privilege, the opportunity that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, I pray that you'd use me, God, as simply a mouthpiece to speak to the hearts. God, I pray that you would touch hearts. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every Christian that's here this morning. And God, uh, that you would help us to see that we can live a godly life in a wicked world. God, if there's one person that does not know you this morning here, God, I pray that you would uh, show them their need for salvation. And God, that they would put their faith and their trust in you today uh, for salvation. And God will certainly thank you for that. God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at the life of Noah this morning, uh, I certainly want us to note a few things. And verse number five is really a sad state of affairs in, in the world. The Bible says there in verse number five, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now I want you to notice the wicked state of the world. The wicked state of the world. Boy, you read that verse and you almost are really tempted to think, man, that's 2022. I mean, we're not very far removed from it. Uh, and really, the, the wickedness that exists today is very obvious, very evident. Uh, matter of fact, months ago, I, I, I tend to shut the news off. And, uh, and I tell you what, my, my, my spiritual level has been so much better. Uh, since I just turned it off. Now I still browse the headlines because you got to know somewhat of what's going on. But, uh, but man, I, I don't focus on the news a, at all. Why? Because I tell you what's in the news. Wickedness, sin, violence, and bad things that are going on. That's what's in the news. And, uh, and I tell you what, I don't need to fill my life with that. What I do need to fill my life with is right here. Man, goodness and the blessing of God, and, and how the fact that God is still alive and still working today, that's what I need to fill my life with. And so, uh, so I don't spend a lot of time in the news, but I'll tell you what, uh, we do live in a very wicked day. It's evident all around us. It's evident in some of the laws uh, that they're trying to institute, some of the direction that our country has gone in. Now praise the Lord for some of the victories that we have had. Praise the Lord for the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That's a huge thing. In America, matter of fact, it gives us a great glimmer of hope for the direction of our country. But you mark it down, there still is wickedness at work and trying to institute all kinds of wickedness in our nation and in our country. And we need to be aware of that. We live in a wicked day. Look with me in verse number 11. It's amazing as we read these verses. Verse 5 is a very sad state of affairs in all of, uh, of the world. But look with me in verse number 
11, the Bible says, And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Boy, it says it over and over. Verse number 5, verse number 11, it dwells on the fact that there was a lot of wickedness. And in verse number 11, I find it interesting because it says it was filled with violence. Can I tell you this this morning, and you probably already know it, but corruption, which would be wickedness, which would be sin, hurts mankind. You look at around today, man, we have a violent world. I mean, people will kill people for other money. People will kill people because of uh, different motives and, and just, uh, just out of sheer anger and, 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 and all of the things. I mean, just the last year, I believe it was, or the year before, all the riots that take place and all of the violence and burning down and tearing down and destruction of things. Well, the Bible says here in verse number 11, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Violence is the ultimate end of uncontrolled selfishness. That's what it is. I mean, you think about it, I didn't get my way, and therefore I'm going to do something about it. Uh, you take it down to, I love to take it down to the nursery level, because you can learn so much in the nursery. Um, maybe that's because I had four kids that were all very little at a, their very same time, but uh, I'm telling you what, uh, you give one little, uh, little two-year-old a sucker, and it won't be long before some bigger two-year-old comes along, pushes him down, and takes that sucker. That's selfishness that is uncontrolled. I mean, the adults do the same thing. Uh, they don't just push people down. They, they take guns and knives and use other forms of violence to take what they want. And that is all a result of a base root problem of selfishness. And we find that the world was filled with selfishness and it hurts mankind. Not only that, I want you to note in verse number 12, the Bible says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Not only does corruption hurt mankind, as we note in verse number 11, I want you to know that corruption comes from man. Oh, man loves to play the blame game and the victim and say, well, it wasn't me. The devil made me do it. Uh, don't, don't we love to say that? And, and boy, you hear that all the time, and not just in that mentality and that idea, but you hear it all the time. Well, I'm the one that was uh, the victim of this scenario. And, and everyone, uh, all the people will tell you, well, you're, you're a victim of the society in which you grew up in. Well, you're a victim of how your parents raised you. You're a victim of these circumstances. And they're shifting all of the blame away from themselves and anywhere but themselves. But the Bible tells us here in verse number 12, it's very clear because the Bible says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. So it's a statement of fact. The earth was corrupt. Why was it corrupt? In verse number 12, For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Hey, we need to stop blaming everything else and accept our responsibility for our sin in our own life. Because the Bible is very clear. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And listen, we need to stop blaming everyone else for our errors and for our mistakes and understand that, hey, we need to take responsibility for our own actions. Corruption results in violence. Corruption comes from mankind. Go back to verse number 5, and this is a, a very telling statement. In verse number 5, the Bible says, And God saw the, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. It's in verse number 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Look at the last phrase. And it grieved him... At his heart. Listen, not only does corruption hurt mankind and corruption comes from man, but corruption grieves God. It grieves God. God made the world. God made mankind. God wanted to have a relationship with mankind. God still wants to have a relationship with mankind. But corruption, uh, it, it causes all kinds of problems and it shoves a wedge between us and God. And all of a sudden God looks down and boy, He is heartbroken over the wickedness that takes place in all the world. I mean, it grieves him. It grieved him in Genesis chapter 6. I'm amazed, really, and if you look at this and you think about it, we're only in Genesis chapter number 6 in this chapter. Uh, it, it, the world really, not much time has passed along uh, from the beginning of creation till now. And oh, how God's heart was broken by mankind and the wickedness that they had poured out over all, of the, over all the world in all reality and how quick the world had corrupted itself. And listen, we need to understand uh, that, that it's not just the sin that is out there in the world, but our sin grieves God. We've got to understand that. We've got to realize that. The world was a wicked place and it was corrupt and it grieved God. We can certainly see the wickedness of the land. But look with me in verse number 8 as the Bible says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Look at verse number 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And I love this phrase in verse number 9. And Noah walked with God. Praise the Lord for that phrase. Hey, listen, it was a wicked day. There was a lot of wickedness. There was violence everywhere. There was corruption everywhere. It grieved God, no doubt. But I want you to notice that Noah walked with God. I love that. Oh, how we need to walk with God. But you know what? You go back before Noah walked with God. The Bible says there in verse number 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Before you can have a walk with God, you must be born again. Hey, and that comes by grace. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
Hey, praise the Lord for His grace that He would offer and extend salvation to us. And when we recognize that our sin, not, not that we're a victim of somebody else's circumstances or some other thing, but our sin and our error and our life grieves God. Hey, we can find the grace of God in the fact that He, that he sent Jesus Christ to this world died on the cross, lived an absolute sinless life, died on the cross, shed His precious blood, and rose again on the third day so that you and I could be saved. Born again, praise the Lord for His salvation. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. A lot of the Old Testament saints, uh, they don't give a, a clear time of when they were saved per se, but we know they were saved. We see that over and over in the New Testament. It's very clear to us. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah was saved at least. Uh, and then we find later that he's walking with God. Hey, listen. Noah did it in a wicked day. In a violent day. Noah walked with God. Many people talk and consult with someone they think is close to God. There, that's a step. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, why, why, Michael, why don't you come up here for a minute? Let me use you for a minute. He was paying attention, just for the record. I didn't come up here because he wasn't paying attention. If, if Micah is, stand right here for me. If Micah's a preacher, and, and I'm a church member, and I'm like, man, I, you know, hey, what, what should I do? And I consult him. That's, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's wise to seek godly advice. But if I'm only going to Him, and I'm not going to God, I'm missing a whole lot of opportunity right there. Because the, the partition between God and us is broken down. That, that, that partition has been removed. And, and while I can and I should go to him and, and get some pastoral advice, that's kind of awkward because he's my son. Um, maybe I should have chose somebody else. But, but, but while, while I can and I should go to him for that advice, uh, listen, I, I would be in error to neglect my responsibility to go straight to God first and foremost. And walk with God. Thank you, you can be seated. And what I'm saying is, hey, we need to have our own personal walk with God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hey, we can go straight to God, my friend, every day and walk with God. Hey, we ought to be walking with God on a regular basis. Oh, you can talk to me and you can call me. Please don't call me every day, okay? I can't help you that. I can't answer that many phone calls. And man, I would exhaust myself in no time. But I tell you what, you can go to God every single day and walk with God. And you should walk with God every single day of your life. One of the reasons that Noah lived a life that was right in such a wicked world was because he spent time with God. Hey, you've got to spend time with God. I love that phrase, walk with God. Go back with me and, and we'll, we'll, 
flip a few pages. Go back with me to Genesis chapter number 3. And I want you to notice the very first time that the phrase walk with God is even used is in verse number, well, the, well actually the first time that the word walk is used in the Bible. It's used in Genesis chapter number 3 in verse number 7. Of course, you know this to be the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And look at what it says there in verse number 7. This is after they had sinned. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Here's what took place. Adam and Eve sinned. They knew that they sinned against God. They immediately recognized the effects of that sin and they realized for the first time uh, that they didn't have any clothes on. They were ashamed, the Bible says. They never had that feeling. What changed? The fact that they had sinned. That's what changed everything. And the Bible says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You know what happened? God came down from heaven and he wanted to walk with Adam and Eve. And he stepped right down there into that garden. And he's calling out, hey, Adam and Eve, hey, I'm here for a regular walk that we would go for a walk every day. And it's, it's really amazing. Could you imagine being Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and walking with God every single day. Man, what a, what a privilege. And there they were. And, and this time, I mean, you, this, this seems to have some historical implications that it happened on a regular basis. Like this was a normal thing for God. This was a normal thing for Adam and Eve. And it would have been normal except for sin. Because of sin, all of a sudden, whoa, things have changed. And the Bible says, I don't have a tree big enough. They hid themselves behind a tree from the presence of the Lord. So, man, God's coming. We can't be around God in the state we're in. I mean, uh, good night, everything's changed and everything's different. And they recognized their own sin and they, they hid themselves. Hey, but before sin came along, it appears that, hey, they had a regular walk with God every day in that garden. I love the phrase, the walk, the word walk. And God came down to walk with them, and they were not there. The second time we find the word walk in the Bible is in Genesis chapter number 5 and verse number 22. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. You jump down to verse number 24, and the Bible says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. So the first time you see walk in the Bible, it's God wanting to walk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but their sin kept them from their walk with God. The next time you find walk in the, in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 5, and it's talking about Enoch and how Enoch walked with God. And God enjoyed the fellowship so much with Enoch that he just snatched him right off the earth and said, hey, why don't you come straight to heaven, man? I'm enjoying the fellowship with you, and I want to spend more time with you. Why don't you just come straight to heaven with me? And the Bible says 
that he was not. What a miraculous thing. Why? Because his walk and his fellowship with God was so sweet to God. He said, come on home. The third time you find walk in the Bible is in our passage. Noah walked with God. Can I tell you something? If walk is used with God the very first three times in the Bible that God wants to have a relationship with man, you better note this down. God is interested in having a relationship with you. He wants to walk with you. There's no hesitation on God's part. There's nothing blocking on God's part. The problem is on the side of man. And it's our sin. And it's our hesitations towards God. And it's our reservations towards God. And it's our sin that causes us to hide ourselves. And what I'm telling you is, if you want to have a, if you want to, uh, to live right in a wicked world, you have got to walk with God in this world. That's your only hope. Noah walked with God. I want you to notice this about Noah as well. Look with me in, in Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 13. I love this. And the, and the Bible says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse number 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. I want you to notice not just the wickedness of the land, the walk of Noah with God, but I want you to notice the work that was about to be accomplished. Hey, listen, uh, God's going to have you walk with him. And, and when the fellowship gets sweet, hey, he's going to start saying, hey, I want you to do some things for me. Hey, you're, you're, it's, it's good, I'm enjoying the fellowship and everything's good, but I, there's some things that I would like you to do. You know, I, we often emphasize the fact that we ought to go to God in prayer, and you ought to go to God in prayer. That's important. But so many times we, we as was mentioned a couple weeks ago, we take a list to God. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. Hey, listen, in Noah's life, he didn't just take requests to God, but I want you to notice that he stopped and he listened to God. Back in verse number, uh, verse number th 13. Go to verse number 12. Verse number 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupted, and all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come. You know what that means? That Noah was stopping, and he was listening to what God was saying. Oh, how we need to stop. And we need to listen. Uh, oftentimes we think of walking with God and talking to God, with God. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong. I, I've said it before. Uh, go for a walk and, and talk with the Lord. And uh, sometimes, man, if there's nobody around, I'll talk out loud. And sometimes I'm driving down the road and I'm just talking out loud. And, uh, you know, the guys next to you, nowadays, they don't think nothing of it. They think you're just on the phone. Well, praise the Lord, I'm on a heavenly phone call. I, my, I don't hit a dead spot. Man, I'm just talking with the Lord. I'm driving and talking with the Lord. But listen, sometimes we just need to close our mouth and listen. Oh, God, speak to me. Show me something. Let me hear from you. 
Noah listened to God. And God told Noah, hey, this earth is wicked. And I'm going to destroy it. Look at what he said in verse number 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. And you know what Noah did? Look at verse number 22. And Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He listened and he also obeyed. Oh, how we need good old-fashioned obedience to God's command. Hey, we need to li listen, but when, when He tells us what we're supposed to do, just do it. Amen. We get so hard-headed. We, we become so independent. Well, I want to do what I want to do, bless God. No, listen. Just listen to God. Just listen to what He says and then do what He said. You know what you can take away from Noah's life? Not only did he walk with God, but he listened to God's command and then he simply obeyed. And I love verse 22 because the Bible says he did all that the Lord commanded him to do. He didn't just do what sounded exciting and what was the fun parts. He did all that God told him to do. And listen, the Bible repeats that in Genesis 6.22 and Genesis 7.5, and Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And listen, we need to be obedient in our Christian life to do what God has asked us to do. And listen, there are we could go through, we could spend the rest of the day talking about what God wants us to do. Because he wrote it all down. It's all here. And I find in my life, I need reminded of some of the things that he told me to do that maybe I've neglected or I've dropped or I've forgotten about and I need to pick them up and, and be obedient to God. And sometimes that happens. We need to obey all that God has told us to do and follow God with our life. It's so important we find that Noah was obedient. Well, pastor, we live in such a wicked day. Yeah, we do. So did Noah. But he still listened to God. He still obeyed God. He still walked with God. He still worked for the Lord. Listen, Noah lived a godly life. I got one more thing on Noah. Not only was the wickedness of the day and the walk of, of, of Noah with the Lord and the work of Noah as he built that ark. And boy, we could talk about the building of the ark and the extensiveness of it and, and how important it was, and it certainly was. But I want you to notice, lastly, look with me, flip over to Genesis chapter number 8 and verse number 20. This is after the flood took place. I was reading all of this, and by the way, Noah was on that boat for a year. We all can relate to solitary confinement for a year, right? Noah was on that boat for a year. It was mandatory solitary confinement. I mean, he, he could not go out and go anywhere. For a year, the Bible says in his 600 year, it started to rain, and it was not until his 601st year until he got off the ark. So it's a whole year that he spent on that ark. But I love what he did as soon as he got off. And the Bible says in, in Genesis chapter number 8 and verse number 20, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. 
And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. We find that, you know what Noah did? He worshipped. He worshipped God. You know what worship is? Worship is defined as paying divine honors to God. He got off that boat. This is the first use of the word altar in the Bible, by the way. He built an altar and he offered sacrifices to God and said, hey, I want to worship God for how good he is. Oh, listen, we need to worship God with our life. We need to recognize how good God truly is to us. Oh, I know the, the world's wicked. I know that. We live in a wicked day. You could spend all day complaining and griping about it. But why not focus on how good God is to us and worship Him for the salvation that He's given to us, for the walk that we have with Him, for the work that He allows us to do and accomplish in His name, for His honor and for His glory, and, and spend time worshiping Him. And offering sacrifices on the altar to God. You know the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We ought to offer ourselves on the altar of worship and say, God, I am yours to do what you would have me to do. Noah worshiped God. He walked with God. He worked for God. How are you going to have a, a godly family and a godly home in 2022? Those simple steps. Salvation, that's the first step. You can't walk with God without being saved. Walk with God. Walk with God every single day. He wants to walk with you. You need to walk with Him. Work. Hey, do something for the Lord. You know there's nothing better than getting involved in serving the Lord. Do something. Everyone, I've heard it said before, everyone can do something. Well, pastor, I can't preach or I can't teach a class. Well, I can't lead singing. Hey, listen. Everyone can pray. Everyone can hand out a gospel track. Everyone can do something. We have, we have packets of new movers. Hey, listen, you don't have to talk to anybody. You go back there. You can write a name and write an address on it and, and bring it back to the church. You don't even have to pay to mail it. Everyone can do something for the Lord. Do something. Work for the Lord. Worship. Noah worship. We ought to worship with every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. It's a wicked day. Oh yeah, it's a wicked day. But Noah walked with God. Noah worked for the Lord. And Noah worshipped. We need those in our life in 2022. Father, we thank you for your word. God, every one of us are, are very aware and cognizant of the fact that it's a wicked day. But God, may we not excuse ourselves from living a life for you in light of the wickedness that's around us. But help us to 
walk with you, work for you, and worship. Oh God, how truly good you are to us. Help us to see that. Help us to recognize that. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts and touch lives as only you can. And God, we'll give you the honor and glory for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altar's open. If God's spoken to your heart, why not come down to the old-fashioned altar? Just like Noah built. Maybe your walk has suffered. Maybe it's a work that's lagging. Maybe it's worship that's not been being done. Whatever the need, the altar is open. amazed that God would want to walk with us. Truly, what a great God. Truly, what a merciful, compassionate God. As the piano plays, the altar's open.